them out. Books, check them out. Pick up a book. You got a fantasy? Imagination can take you to where you want to be. Are you curious? How can you find out? Books, check them out. Books, check them out. Read about stars and cars, play electric guitars, or cops that work hard, patrolling the boulevard, the heavyweight champ and his craziest bout. Books, check them out. Books, check them out. At your library. The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. to the five count we're back how you doing i'm doing so great that's great to hear because you know what the best thing in my life is knowing that you're great you know what i appreciate that thank you you're also great well i'm trying you trying to so make great. it through not feeling the best you but. got a nice t-shirt on and you got those new glasses and you're just looking fantastic i'm gonna power through ton i'm oh, gonna make yeah. it got a bad wing but i'll be fine you got a bad wing a little dizzy a little cold. Sometimes I get a little warm. A little cold, a little dizzy, a little warm. Got a slight headache. Wow, slight headache. But other than that, things are good. Things are looking up. Yeah. Well, listen, you've been vaccinated fully now. Yeah, but doesn't it take a couple weeks for it to mutate into full invincibility? Yeah, but I checked with the nurse that gave you the shot, and she said you are at least 16 wait weeks for full invisibility. Wow. 16. It was, it was an old man who gave me the shot, so... Well, either you need new glasses hey, or you're nurse. making this up. I said nurse. There can be male nurses. What do you mean? Yes, I know. I had one that gave me a shot. You know what he said? He looked at me and he said, hey, you got some big arms. I better get the thicker needle. Oh, nice, dude. Nice. That's why I feel so poorly. Oh, man. Ton, uh, I think things are looking up. You know why? Because we've got a big program tonight. Big time. We've had people trying to call in on the five count hotline before we even got on the damn air. Oh, wow. Guess who's on the program tonight? No idea. Uh, we've got an exclusive interview with former Ozzy Osbourne bassist Phil Susan. Wow. You might remember him uh, on an album that actually celebrates its 35th anniversary this year, The Ultimate Sin. That's awesome, dude. And you and I discussed we need to find a way to commemorate this anniversary 100 percent, yes the problem is it was released in february oh man we missed it yeah but but 
May 14th, 1986 was the anniversary when it was certified platinum. Oh, dude, yes. So here we are. This is the perfect reason. And I said, you know what? We should probably get Phil Susan on because that yeah. guy wrote Shot in the Dark. Yes, dude. Yes. And Ton is one step away from me at all times. Yes, dude. Shot in the Dark is one of my personal faves. So uh, it's the 35th anniversary of The Ultimate Sin, Ton's favorite Ozzy Osbourne album. Uh, Phil Susan also appeared in the film The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, which is, is Ton's favorite movie. It is. Isn't that incredible? Dude, it's all coming together right now. It's like... Uh, so many of Ton's favorite things involved tonight's guest. I love this. Man, well, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that, Ton, because I do this for you and only you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. What else do we have coming up here? No oh, idea. You know, the huge. The usual. Got, like, a lot of fun stuff. We'll go back in five-count history. Mailbag questions. Got mailbag questions. Maybe uh, real live questions on the air. Could have some five count hotline calls coming in who knows when 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 could they call us it's hard to say ton i might get dizzy and collapse on air that could be fun well i'll try to hold the show best i can if you want to call us at any time and leave a nice voice message it's 507-519-2030 that is the ticket to greatness 507-519-2030 the five count hotline we had to get our own hotline because we've been banished from the KMSU studios yeah. going on about a year and a half right now. It's really sad, actually. Now, I've heard that your buddy, uh, Governor Walls, has been kind of lifting some of the, I don't know, what, whatever you call those mask ordinances and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. So now that we are invincible and those things are maybe going to be lifted, does that mean we can get back into the studio? Well, probably not us. Oh, yeah. Other more important people? Probably. Okay. Well, that's... Probably the most important thing is that the good shows are able to get back and do their thing. It's supposed to be July, right? I think so, but July. It's, it's May right now. So I've already heard that right now it's okay to not wear masks outside, right? Is that correct? I believe so, but you should probably still wear a cup. All right. Because you never know. You never know. Ton, I'm so excited about the ultimate sin i think we should just play the whole album i think so too obviously nukia nukia yeah dude yes this is the i can't think of a better reason to play that entire album on this show let me ask you uh your relationship with ozzy osbourne's the ultimate sin album um 100 love it because i feel like that album is uh beloved but also on the other side some people say including maybe even ozzy himself yeah not my best which is incorrect yeah, definitely incorrect. I mean, well, I'm sort of just a fan in general, so there's not much that Ozzy has that I really... There's Okay, there's, there's like a slight thing where I can recognize that some of the stuff is a little bit goofy, like some of the, the content of it, but it doesn't matter to me because they rock otherwise, like just instrumentally, they completely rock. So it's like, I'm fine. It doesn't even matter. doesn't matter. Hey, no. we, we've got a killer of giants on line one. Caller one. Hello. Was he talking about Ozzy Osbourne there? Uh, yeah. If you're just yes. joining us, caller one, we are playing the entire, the ultimate sin album in its entirety, entirely tonight. Excellent. I was hoping you would say that, Caller One. I was ready to be on the defense. <laughs> I'm not always on against your uh, against your cause, man. 
Dude, I think that you are really. I mean, I think that it's a real thing. If you just take a look at the record books, i.e. Twitter, you'll see that you basically hate everything that I have to say or all of my opinions or at least 115% of them. But you love Dusty's. I thought Beverly Goldberg was a fine pick last week. Oh, you did? For TV Mom. That was acceptable. Yeah, I'm a huge Goldberg's mark. There you go. Hey, this is Billy Floyd shouts, by the way. Yes, Billy Floyd shouts. The heralded Floyd shouts. Yes. Calling me on my AEW commercial break. Oh man, we better we better make sure we keep we this gotta, tight. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to send in a question today, so I figured I would call it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's kind of timely. I was just wondering, tons thoughts on the 2021 Hall of Fame Rock and Roll induction class. Ooh. Oh man, I guarantee you, just he has no clue who it, who it was, but. <laughs> I have no clue. As he who it reaches was. for his phone, yes. Let me look it up, Floyd Shouts. Unless you want to enlighten me quick, I will. I'm okay no, with you, that. You, you Google it. Listen, I'll tell you what. What did happen, Ton? Your favorite band, Iron Maiden, was uh, snubbed again. Yep, for all of time. I think they picked Jay Z instead. Wow, wow. Your thoughts? So you looked at it this morning, Floyd Shouts. Of course, I did. Okay. You I'm always on the social media. The inductees have been announced. Yes. That's what we're looking at. All right. Can I just say, uh, I know this question was not directed towards me, but I think it's an absolute travesty that uh, the Foo Fighters have now been inducted, but Judas Priest is still not on the ballot. Yeah, that's messed up. That's a guy sick. It took Rush a ton of years, too, so I don't give up hope yet. So, okay, Floyd Shouts, are we talking any in particular category, or what are we thinking? Just anything? Just the headliners. There's, there's about six, seven so, big-name acts. that Performer category. Tina Turner, Carol King, The Go-Go's, Jay-Z, Foo Fighters, Todd Rundgren. Ooh, Todd don't want to work. He just wants to do some stuff all day. Hello, it's me again. So you'd like to know my pick? I, I just would like to know your thoughts on that lineup. It stinks. Sorry. <laughs> well, this question's for Tom. Jay-Z is odd. Jay-Z is odd to me. Also, the Foo Fighters thing seems uh, a bit early for them. Um, I've been trying to listen to every single Foo Fighters album recently. I've been really trying Ugh. hard, and it's terrible. <laughs> oh man! The, like they, they suck. The last the last fifteen years have been kind of yeah, yeah, dude. It's not good. It's I happen to good. know Pat Smear is a huge fan of this show, so I'm sorry if you're out there listening. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just odd. It's just not my cup of tea. It's all way too heavily like pop radio influence and that probably sounds weird because i'm on the radio currently right but i like things that are just more interesting and not so predictable and that's exactly what they are in in my opinion you you know the Foo fighters they're they're kind of one of those bands that's just going to survive as being a, a live band like they they still bring it live yeah even though they're albums that come out once every two years or whatever, just kind of meh. Um, 
you go and see a live Foo Fighters show, and, and they're gonna they're gonna bring it. So I mean, yeah. that's gonna be their their calling card and their uh, their legacy. I think I'm gonna um, go ahead and agree with you on that. I also yeah. have watched some things, interviews and such with Dave Grohl, and yeah, dude, he's a very likable guy. Dave Grohl is awesome. I'm not saying anything bad about those dudes personally. Right. I just don't wish to listen to it at all. I don't. There's just not enough hours in the day. Yeah. Um, Jay-Z, I don't know what to say to that. Um, I haven't followed that genre close enough in the last 20 years or whatever to can, know. Can if, I ask you this? Is is he that much more far off than, say, NWA is in there? And I believe uh, I believe Public Enemy is in there. Um, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, the like, um, is... Given the fact that they're in there, can you see Jay Z? I can. Yes. Y- okay. All based right. on that, I, I I would agree. I'm a, I'm a huge Jay Z fan. Yeah. Based on that, yes. Um, but you know, it's like if I if I'm being like true to the rock, I mean, he did have that one album that was produced by Rick Rubin and it ruled. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I if they're gonna let if they're if they already opened the door to all those other hip hop acts, Jay Z deserves to be in there. I, I'm going to agree with you on that. Okay. Totally See, we're breaking agree. bread here. We're starting to... Glad you guys you know, are friends again. We're trying. We're mending yeah. things now. Trying to wipe the slate clean. Yes. Your, your disdain <laughs> for the Foo Fighters have brought you together. Yes, dude. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, so here's the other piece of this, though. Here's the other, like, little piece that I have to say. In my mind, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should be meant for people who were like influencers who paved the way for others or um you know majorly impacted a musical genre or whatever and uh you can and you can actually like hear that to this day um like someone like James Brown for instance mm-hmm. um or even Michael Jackson uh, those are like very obvious ones. So uh, w- w- what I'm what I'm getting at is, it seems to me that it's becoming more of a um, you've topped the charts a lot of times, and you've been popular for a long time, and in the media, so therefore you should go also, or, or like, or almost like to me, it's getting close to becoming. Um, what what is what is the word for it with with kids in school like the the participation trophy? It's getting close to that for me, where it's like, oh yeah, you've made albums once upon a time. We might it's about your time, you know, whatever. Unless somebody's rubbed somebody the wrong way, is Kiss in this? I think they're also ones that have been screwed over many times, and to the point where they where Paul has been openly been like, f those guys. Because they don't, because they're not in it, and it makes no sense. You want to talk about people that have an entire following just based on their live show? That's Kiss, uh-huh. and they've also had mega, mega record sales just because of like their entertainment value and live show. They'll probably even would admit to you that most of their albums are like throwaway, with a couple hits sprinkled in. All right. I think Kiss uh, is. Paid my numbers. <laughs> yeah, Kiss went into the Rock Hall a couple of years ago. 
Sorry, Ton. You know, I, I, I believe you're right. So, <laughs> Ton's so get over choked it. up. <laughs> Anytime anyone makes uh, disparaging remarks about Ace Fraley, Ton just is not having it. <laughs> I can't just let that stuff slide. I just can't. Also, well, Peter I Chris. better go then uh, before I get myself into trouble and oh, banned from the show again. Wrestling. Again. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Floyd Shouts. We Ab- absolutely look forward to the rest of the show, boys. Here's, well, here's one quick thing. Billy uh, Preston I, is up for musical excellence. Yeah. Bop dee, bop dee, bop doo doo. All right. Thanks, Floyd. You know, they got Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes is going in too under the uh, um, technical technician or whatever. Yeah. Musical excellence. That category. Yeah. Does that make sense and, to and you? He's. I, I'm not going to argue with it. Okay. I'm if they want to put Randy Rhodes in there, then, you know, fine. Because he did like two 30 minute albums with Ozzy, and then he did some Quiet Ride albums that aren't that great. And that was about mm-hmm. the extent yeah. of his output. Which which is weird. Which you could argue that logically, but there's going to be hordes and hordes of people that are going to be like, no way, man, Randy Rhodes should have been in years ago. That's also the weird part about this. Floyd Shouts, I'm sorry. You can go back to wrestling if you want. All right. Thank Appreciate you so it. much. Take care, boys. You and too, I man. will uh, look forward to the rest of the episode. All right. We'll see you. Yeah, me too. All right, later. Bye. That was Billy Floyd shouts. Billy Floyd shouts. See, so it's like weird. You know what I mean? If you want to start getting into this, it's like you really got to get into this. You got to bring that stuff up that you're saying. It's real deal. I don't know what I'm saying other than we've got an exclusive interview with Phil Susan tonight. I'm also just side note, got to say yes to Tina Turner. Okay. 100% yes. Ton is a private dancer. Yeah, dude. Dancing for money. I Yeah, I will be what you want me to be. Hey, let's uh, hear side A of the ultimate sin, shall we? I love this idea. Then we'll be back.
Hey everybody, this is Brad Gillis from Night Ranger, and you're listening to the Five Count right here, right now.
Hey everybody, this is Gus G from Firing, and you're listening to The Five Count. Rock on.
You know how you'll know, Tom? Because we're back. Oh, yeah. Hey, welcome back to the five count. I'm just going to say quick, I take back what I said about Billy Preston. Ton never knows why he says stuff about Billy Preston. Hey, that was side A of the ultimate sin. In case you're wondering, Ton. I was totally not wondering, and I loved it. Well, uh, here's the thing. We're playing the entire album tonight because it's the 35th anniversary of that album this year, and it went platinum uh, this weekend. That's amazing. 35 years ago. Guess what? Phil Susan, bass player from that era of Ozzy Osbourne, the band he wrote, Shot in the Dark, yes. One Step Away From You. He was playing on the Ultimate Sin VHS tape that Ton and I have watched together yes. roughly 47 times. That is awesome. When Ton had the glittery sequined uh, bathrobe, just like Ozzy. I love that bathrobe. Every time we watched it, he drugged that thing out. Couldn't wash it because the sequins would come off, so... Yep. It um, it kind of stood up on its own after a while. I don't really like people to touch it either. Well, thank God for the bomb. That's all I got to say. Yes, dude. <laughs> dude, I, yes. You know, I've gone weeks of just listening to that album only. I've just listened to it over and over. It's worth it. It's really worth it. Would you consider um, us to be secret losers? I don't know. I mean, not anymore, but maybe once upon a time. Ton, I'm just excited to be here with you. We got a lot of fun stuff in store, like over the next month or so. Mm-hmm. It's getting crazy around here. Five Count Headquarters. A lot of stuff going on. Hey, we're also on Patreon. I like to just plug that for all the people out there who are listening and you don't join it. But if you did, you could watch Bikini Films with Ton. That's a great plan. And you could get access to all the old shows from like 2005. Yeah. 2004. Awesome. There's some real odd shows from back then. Back when Tun's voice was completely different. It really was, wasn't it? He was the love doctor. Totally different. It's all right, though. I was roughly the same. (laughs) A little different, though. Your voice did sound different. It sounds different now. When I listen to those old shows, I can tell the difference in both of us. Well, I was just a lad. I was probably like 14 when I started this show. Yeah. So lots changed, including my voice. 27 or whatever. Yeah, plus you were shaving in like fifth grade. So Yeah. No contest. (laughs) Oh, man. What a time. Ton, I want to say a big thanks to all the people out there who pledged money to the KMSU Pledge Drive. Yeah, thank you so much. All the businesses that did all the matching grants. I don't know if you heard, Ton, but we had a goal of $30,000, and I think we got like $50,000. Wow. So I don't know if that means they're going to start paying you to do the show. I think that would obviously be the the obvious progression of things. If if I were in charge, Uh I'd be cutting you a check. Well, thank you for that. But I don't know if that's uh, ever going to happen, sadly. That's a serious bummer. But we do have now the uh, money to buy whatever that thing is called, where it shows you what you're listening to in your car. Yeah. Not that cars nowadays have radios in them anymore, but if you're driving an old car from like 10 years ago, then you could know that we are playing The Ultimate Sin in its entirety tonight. Yes. They still have radios, Dust. Come on. Do they? Yeah. I didn't know. I thought they got rid of CD players, didn't they? 
pretty much. How do you feel about that? But they still have radios, so you can you can tune in a station still. You typically just listen to stuffy NPR and that I, sort of thing. It doesn't bother me about the CD player thing anymore. I mean, I haven't. Uh, I've tried to stay away from CDs for quite a while. Ton listens to nothing but the Allman Brothers exclusively whenever he drives anywhere on USB drive. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times he just likes to go out and sit in his car in the driveway. He doesn't even leave. He just sits in there and listens to the Allman Brothers. That's only in your driveway. I do that. That is odd. Are the acoustics better at my house? Uh-huh. Or? It's those cement walls that make sure it keeps the sound in. Can we talk about the fact that Ton has roughly nine gigabytes of the Allman Brothers? I do. In his car at all times? Yeah. Why is that? And why is that? <laughs> I'm doing the same thing as the Foo Fighters. I'm trying to listen to it all. So is your strategy to listen to something until you're absolutely sick of it, and then you'll never have to listen to it again? Well, what the hope Like you're doing is, a book report on the night before it's due kind of thing? The hope is I'll find new bits of a band that I didn't know about, and then I'll be like, it'll be reinvigorated. I'll be more excited than ever about that band and listen to more and more. But in some cases, such as the Foo Fighters... The opposite happens, and that is exactly what happens. I listen to all of it, and then I get so sick of it, I never want to hear it again in my life. Man. That is sort of, to me, like the test of the band. I need to listen to all of it before I can really truly form an opinion. You know what I mean? Otherwise, I feel like I'm like, like giving a half-aid response. If someone asks me, what do you think about this? I can't, t- I can't tell them to their face that I think it sucks if I haven't actually listened to all of it to know truly if it sucks to me or not. That's very admirable. But also... Ton ain't walking in half-aid. The other part of that remark, though, which I need everyone listening to understand, oh, I boy. need actually the entire planet to understand this. Even the people on YouTube who called yes. you a jerk? Yes, all of them. <laughs> the, the key part to that is that... When asked what I think about anything, not just bands, anything at all, when I'm asked, and if I then respond with, I think that that sucks, that in no way means that I also think that you, the asker, should also think that it sucks. That is not what that means. I am entitled to my own opinion of things sucking, Okay. and I don't need to be influenced to, to think that it doesn't suck you can also you could be like oh well all right i think that it's awesome you can do that you're entitled to think that the thing that i think sucks is actually awesome you can do that on your own it's called being human Todd, i don't know if you could tell by the look on my face but i'm completely lost with what you're trying to say right now dust come on Sounds like you're just being a jerk. No, it's just me saying that the Foo Fighters suck to me. But if you love them, which you do, then you can. You can say, oh, well, that's too bad. I love them. And then I'd be like, oh, okay. You know what? I saw the Foo Fighters in 1999. Yeah. And I said, eh, sorry. All right. Sorry, Floyd Shouts. I know you said the Foo Fighters bring it. But at that time, in 1999, when they brought it to me, I said, eh, Eh. All right. It happens. Yeah, it's just different things float different people's boats, right? 
Let me ask you this. If you could go see the Foo Fighters or ACDC, which one would you do? Um, I'm going to pick ACDC at yeah. every single time period. Yes. Every single time period. Yes. Hey, speaking of ACDC, uh-huh. tune in next week to the five count. You're going to love that. I am going to love it. It's going to be something. I can't wait. You'll have to. It's because it's next week. Oh, Tom. But, you know, you can just be in this moment right now yes I why am. do you always got to be looking ahead done i'm you just said something about acdc in this show and i got excited but i'm here with you right now pal i'm just saying make a mental note don't just like start fantasizing about not being here and being somewhere else when you got a job to do i am in this moment with you and ultimate sin like i've never been before it's a great radio job and somebody's got to do it yes that somebody is ton i'm trying every saturday for 27 years I love that idea Spent a lot of time spent up here while well, down here. Now we're in a basement. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we used to be up like on the second floor on top of a hill. Yeah. And then eventually we had to make our way down the hill and then down another hill. And now we're in a basement. And we're down in the basement. On the bottom of a hill. In a musty basement. Do you feel like it kind of helps you get in, uh, get in the zone? Well, it doesn't Auto help zone? my asthma, I can say that. Is that why you're hacking all over I the place? I think so, maybe. It's this new basement quarters. Should we take it outside? That's fine. We should take it on the road. Take take me outside. I'll take you outside. Take on ton. We should take it on the road. Where should we go? I'm just wherever. Should we, we talked about Red Lobster earlier. Yeah, do you think they'd let us do a show at Red Lobster? I mean, maybe stick us in a corner. Just say stick us in a corner somewhere where we don't bother anyone and we'll just do this show. It's fine. We're not trying to record you or your mom or your birthday party. Just if it happens in the background, you know, what's... Do you think they'd notice that we had more than just the claw crackers with us? Maybe. Since we've got all these cords and mics and junk. Well, we could do some cable management and be discreet about it. Hey, if you're out there and you have a business that you'd like Todd and I to come and record the show at, uh, why not give us a call? 507-519-2030. Maybe we could go back to Gary's Pizza. That would be something. We used to be uh, something something special around those parts. Yeah. But then Ton got sick. Good pizza, too. I like it. Listen, is it time to ultimate sin again? No, we've got an exclusive interview with... Phil Susan, bass player for Ozzy Osbourne, the Ultimate Sin album. Yes. He also played with Billy Idol. And he played with Vince Neil. That's crazy. And he played with Edgar Winter. Just everyone. And he played with John Waite. Wow. And he appeared in the film The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, starring Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, dude. Wow. Which Ton is really enamored with. Love it. It's like his second favorite film right behind Leonard Part 6, starring Bill Cosby. Yes. Which, unfortunately, hasn't aged well, but... uh, It's second place, and it fights for that place with Last Action Hero. Did I tell you I went to the pawn shop a couple months ago, and they had... uh, Used to be like a beautiful array of CDs and DVDs and Blu-rays and video games and just fun stuff. Sure. Went in there now. It kind of looks like a number two yard sale really? with just some like old weed eaters lying around and the same crappy bass guitar that's been hanging there for seven years. Really? And they had a section of Blu-rays and Blu-rays only. The CDs are all gone. The DVDs are all gone. Just Blu-rays. There was about five of them. 
and one of them was Leonard Part 6. Wow. And I said, I know Ton loves this film, and he'd love to have it on Blu-ray so he can see it like at 4K restoration. Yeah. But uh, I'm not bringing this up to the counter to pay for it because it's got weird Bill Cosby face on it, and I don't want him to give me dirty looks. Oh, man. So I walked off. Well, why couldn't he just message me? I'll go buy that without any guilt. I'm guessing it's probably still there. I better check it out. Hey, you should check out our exclusive interview with Phil Susan. He's in the band Last in Line right now. Let's do it. You know the band I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, let's hear all about it, shall we? Yes. Hey, Dustin. Phil Susan here. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you doing today? All right. I'm calling in a couple of minutes early. I hope that's okay. I just figured I'd be uh, uh, earlier rather than later. <laughs> no, that's excellent. I really appreciate you taking the time with me today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Can you uh, tell us a bit about what you've been up to as of late? I know you've had a single or two out recently. Is there anything else maybe yeah. you're working on? Yeah, I've, we've been working, you know, we've been obviously trying to continue working with Last in Line as much as we can in terms of preparing what's going on. We uh, are actually, uh, um, well, off the record, I mean, we've had some uh, label uh, changes that we're going through, which we're almost... Uh, uh, I think fairly complete with at this point. Um, and uh, we also have been, have started recording a third record. So um, purely by chance, last January, end of January, might even been beginning of February, we went into a studio that we work out a lot in, or I work out a lot in LA. And just for fun, just said, let's cut a track or two, let's just jam and see what happens. And we ended up recording six or seven backing tracks that came together very quickly. Um, that turned out to be a godsend because during this time that we've been locked down, we've been able to finish those. So we've got, we've got about half the record done. And uh, what remains to be done is, I don't know, another six tracks or something. In the meantime, you know, I've, I've been quite active in trying to keep some momentum going. You know, I talked to the guys and we started doing this sickness show, which turned out to be pretty cool just to keep people you know, engaged. And, and then we created a video for a song that we had never released before. Um, it was released in Japan, but we were able to do a video for worldwide release. So we did that. Um, and in the meantime, you know, I'm just trying to also keep on my, some of my solo stuff for, you know, I've had plenty of time. So yeah, I, I decided to uh, release a couple of singles. I was wanting to do an album, uh, but then the, the case for creating an album is, uh, as one single product is not, it's starting to become less and less relevant. I think, Sure. you know, it, it makes more sense to release the songs one at a time, put some effort behind them. And eventually, you know, maybe create an album as a, as a, uh, as a final sort of, uh, aggregated product, you know? Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's, yeah. That's what I've been doing. And I've got an autobiography, which is finished and I'm just going through rereads and, figuring out whether I want to self-publish it or whether I want to go through a publisher. So I'm getting into that stage of the thought process. Wow. So you've, you've definitely been uh, taking advantage of uh, the downtime here, it sounds like. Yeah, it doesn't include any personal stuff either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what have you been doing? Ah, uh, Well, just uh, trying to stay sane, I think, like a lot of people. But um, it's definitely cool that you're, uh, you're working on the new Last in Line album. We had uh, Vivian Campbell on a few years ago, and it seems like that band kind of started out as, you know, let's just uh, see how this works out. And now you, you're on your third album. That's awesome. 
Yeah, I I don't know that anybody really really knew how that was supposed to work out or how it was going to go. Uh, we uh, originally, I think, after Jimmy Bain passed away, um, I was asked if I would do some shows. Uh, the original idea was to just go out there and fulfill the live commitments that we had in terms of a handful of shows, a uh, festival and a few um, independent shows. Um, and that was really the, the long and short of it. Um, for me, it was, uh, it was a, a sort of bittersweet thing. I mean, I was excited to be playing with the guys and I, I, who I know quite well. Uh, and at the same time, I was excited to sort of pay a little tribute to, to, to my friend Jimmy and to be able to play some of these songs for that he'd worked very hard on uh, for, for the people that he never managed to play, whom he never managed to play them. So, you know, there was something very um, gratifying about that. Uh, I, I felt like I was up there <laughs> channeling Jimmy, you know, and, and being able to sort of complete that stage of the process for him. And I felt very honored as well to do that to be asked to do it. So when we did that, it started to transpire that, that the band definitely had a, a great chemistry and started to sort of grow legs, for want of a better word. Um, and discussions after that, we started thinking, well, maybe this is something we should, you know, we should keep going with. So we went in to do the second record and that would probably have been the, you know, the, the, the deciding point. When we went into the studio, I'm sure there was a lot of... Uh, there was a lot of apprehension about um, uh, how the chemistry was going to work when it comes to, came down to writing the material. That's always a, an unknown quantity. Sure. And so, yeah, I was nervous about it. I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy to be honest about that. I, was, I, was, I knew that everything rested on it, and so for that reason, I was nervous. And I felt like, yeah, I hope this can work out because it'll be great. And if it doesn't work out, well, then that probably answers a lot of questions. And and we'll see what happens. The other guys, of course, had already written one album, so I was the new guy. I was the odd man out, <laughs> um, or I was the unknown quantity. Um, and we got in there, and just straight away, we started banging ideas down. It was fantastic, and very, very soon, it was uh, it was evident that we we had a, it made sense for us to want to keep this going. Sure. Well, does that add extra pressure for you? Not just because Jimmy was your friend, but you know, the Dio fans out there, kind of from where this came from, uh, very passionate, of course. So do you feel pressure uh, when you, you find yourself in a situation like that? No, I really don't. Um, and I think the reason is because as far as Dio goes, that work has been done. It's been released. It's been established. It will never be replaced. No one will ever do it the same way again. It's legendary stuff it's fantastic stuff sadly ronnie's not here anymore and so um it's not like we can create another Dio album what we are trying to do is to create an album that um that pays homage to that Dio period and that has the same dna built into it but it's going to be different and it's going to be unique but it really does have the roots of that it's like uh, for want of a better word, you know, you you go and see Jason Bonham. Jason Bonham, his father was John Bonham. I mean, he's not John Bonham, but yet there's a that he's from the same DNA. He's cut from the same cloth, and there is a a slightly different angle. We're all different musicians. Now, we'll go out there and play the stuff, and I think we a lot of people would agree with what I said that you can definitely tell the the roots and the origins of where our influences come from. But then, you know, you'll get somebody who's who's 
a, a big fan and who who might not you know see it that way and might take it as well you know I I don't think that this is they'll try to compare you know apples to oranges and and when, and, and you know to that person I say no we're, you're you're absolutely right we're not deal and unfortunately as much as I would love to play with Ronnie's he's not here we can't do it sure. you know and there are there's a band out there that uh, that will play the Dio songs um and uh, and do a fine job of it and the Dio disciples you know um and that's their 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 model um what we're trying to do is we're trying to do something that's um new we want to take it into a different direction so we have a lot of original material and we have um uh, it, it's really cool, actually. A couple of times we've we've gone out there and we've done we did we did download festival a year and a half ago, way back when when bands used to play live shows, which I sort of <laughs> barely remember. I think I remember what it was like. Yeah. But um, we did that festival. It's one of the biggest shows we we did. We we got invited onto a hundred thousand people festival, and we backstage we we toyed with an idea and said, let's do something really crazy here. Let's play just our own material for this set. <laughs> And we're either going to fall flat on our faces or people are going to love it. But regardless, it's going to give us some answers. And we went out there and that's what we did and people loved it. So that gave us a tremendous amount of confidence that we were doing, I think, the right thing. Awesome. Well, I know this isn't uh, the first time you've been in a situation like that. When you joined up with Ozzy's band, you were replacing Bob Daisley. I mean, but you obviously have the chops for for these situations. Can you talk a bit about what that experience was like? I know you were, you know, relatively unknown at the time, and then you're right in the midst of, you know, a national audience. Uh, there was definitely a, a, a jet propulsion from from one level to another. There's no doubt about it. Um, I came from London, which was a, a very small and very tight music community where everybody knew everybody. We all knew each other. Um, to that extent, you couldn't really bullshit anybody over there because everybody knew everybody and they knew what was what. So I was quite well known around that circle as somebody who was up and coming. I'd been playing with Simon Kirk. I'd been playing with Jimmy Page. I'd done little stints here and there with uh, other bands. I mean, I'd even spent a couple of weeks working with Peter Frampton before he, he had a situation that um, uh, suffered a hiccup and had to be postponed. So, but, uh, so people knew me in London, but to get to the point where all of a sudden I was, you know, playing in an international band and in a band in the United States that was so well known, this was all new. It was all new for me. And it was all, it was all new to everybody else who came to see the band. I was a new guy. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's, it's, uh, it really is that, uh, what's that saying when you get dragged by the scruff of your neck? I mean, it's, everything happens so fast and so quickly. It doesn't even have a moment to settle in you're just kind of you know charging along it's like a high-speed train and uh, it's not until you stop somewhere and take a breather and look back that you realize all the things that you've done um, and I was very fortunate and I was very uh, um, blessed to to, to, to to be able to have that opportunity um, it's you know so much of what we do is um, and it, it's, just, it's not just ability it's not just talent there's so many other things. I mean, you can have great talent, but you have to have the chemistry as well. And you have to have the, uh, the right attitude and you have to have the right work ethic. And all of these things uh, are what you're judged on when you get a gig like that. It's not just, oh, can he play the notes? You know, we, we, when, we were, when we were looking for a guitar player after Jake had gone, 
um, we had hundreds of guitar players, nearly 400 guitar players, and all of them could play the notes. So it was, it, it, there's always something more, you know, and, and it, it, you're going to be part of a team. You're going to be part of a group, and you're going to be in each other's pockets, for the, you know, 24-7 for the next foreseeable amount of time. So there are a lot of things that have to come together, and I was very um, aware of those. Uh, and, uh, and, and as it happened, it worked out really well. So that was, uh, it was terrific. Yeah, and it's been 35 years now since uh, The Ultimate Sin was released. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, I know. You just that, made me feel really old. Well, that album was, uh, <laughs> you know, such a big deal when it came out. Uh, you know, still 35 years later, still a favorite for a lot of people, me included. Thank you very much. You know, uh, I, I can't believe it's been that long. And, and maybe because I was so young when I joined the band, I was, what, 23, 24. And so I'm, I still consider myself 23, 24 when I see that album. Um, and maybe that's why it's, it, I, I, I'm having a hard time sort of come, uh, realizing that, that duration of time, but it's, it's strange. It's strange Dustin, because I got a, um, I don't know, maybe about 10 years ago or so, 15 years, no, nah, maybe just over 10 years ago, I started getting tons of mail from people saying, Hey, I just discovered that album, you know, like younger people, you know, three to four years is a generation in our business. So you go through 10 years, that's three generations. And now all of a sudden you've got young kids coming up to me and they're saying, I found this fantastic band. They're called journey. Have you ever heard of them? <laughs> and I'd say, yeah, I think so. And journey had kind of, you know, they had some success on that uh, TV show and it, a secondary success that opens the door to new people and to young kids. And so these young kids are calling me up and asking me about bands. That I of course know very well. And one of the things they found was the ultimate sin album. And then I went down, sat down, and you know I hadn't listened to this thing for over a decade, and I literally put it on and, and listened very carefully to it from start to finish. And I remember thinking, wow, this is a really good album. I had, I, I knew it was good, but I didn't realize how good it was. And I also was appreciative of of the people who called in and said, you know, this is a great album. I love the record. I love the production or the songs or whatever it is. So that was nice. But it has been a long time. It's been thirty five years. Well, of course, as a as a bass player, your relationship w- with a drummer is extremely important. Uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, what it was like for you playing with Randy Castillo. You guys seem to really have a connection. Yeah, Randy was, you know, Randy was uh, he was my my lifelong closest friend, probably. Um, and um, we got to know each other before we were playing with Ozzy. He was playing with Lita Ford, and and I was hanging out with Lita when she lived in London, and. And uh, that's how I knew her as, as his drummer, as as, uh, as her drummer. And uh, but immediately we hit it off. The two of us hit it off. We stayed in touch, and um, we stayed in touch for a long time. And one day I heard he was uh, he was flying into audition for Ozzy, and you know because I heard about it, I drove down to uh, uh, I think he came into Gatwick Airport in the south of London. And I flew down here, there to meet him, surprise him, you know, and he got off the plane. He said, fuck are you doing here? <laughs> so that's it. I was going to ask you the same thing, but I'm here anyway. And he was on a layover. He was going to fly over to, up to Scotland. So we spent some time together. I make a long story short, you know, three, three four weeks later, or maybe even a little bit longer than that, almost two months later, uh, I found myself in the band. And the two of us, uh, we, I mean, it was just fantastic. It was just great doing that tour with, you know, his best friends. Sharon used to call us the Righteous Brothers. I mean, we were like inseparable, you know? <laughs> so we did everything together and we were, 
pretty much the life of the party, I would say. You know, we'd, we'd always be, there's always, always be some nonsense going on around us. And, and uh, I write extensively about that in my book, but his loss was, uh, was really bad. And, and um, I mean, you think about it, it's almost about 20 years ago now, right? Yeah. And I can't, I can't believe that either. But we, we remained very, very close, very good friends. Not a day that goes past where he doesn't pop into my mind with one of his, you know, silly comments or one of his uh, mannerisms or, and indeed his talent. I mean, what a great drummer. I mean, he was the kind of drummer that, uh, I, you know, I've got to say, I'm very lucky. I've got, I've, I've played with some of the greatest drummers in the world. I've had the opportunity to do so, whether it was Simon Kirk or whether it was, um, Simon Phillips when I worked with Lucas or whether it was, you know, Randy or whether it was a, a, a plethora of drummers, Mike Baird with Billy Idol and so many, so many great drummers and ju- drummers who I worked with with John Waite. When I played with John, he had some fantastic drummers as well. And, uh, but, and of course, Vi- and of course, Vinny, I mean, how can you, you know, Vinny is just such a monster of a drummer, but Randy was one of those, those drummers too, had, had his own spirit, a completely unique sound and a style and it was very earthy and it was very i mean he pulled in on his indian influences and how he looked at the drums and and uh the drums were some kind of kind of strange connection he had with his past and he would do things in a very unconventional way and uh, when he did it was it was unique and i think that's what contributed to his uh his own style so um yeah it was uh it was it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And he was, he got, he got mad when I left the band as well. I think he, he and I had, a, had, a, you know, some, some words about that. And, um, uh, but in a good way, I mean, he, he, you know, he wanted his buddy to stay in the band. And to be honest, I wanted to carry on working with him. So we were both coming from the same disappointment almost. Uh, but we stayed friends through that. And, you know, one of the things that he said to me, uh, on his deathbed for want of a better word as he said to me you know he said i i was really mad when you left the band but you know i kind of wish i'd done the same thing because you went on and played with all of these great very diverse situations and i felt that maybe you had more of a uh, you know a diverse journey and he said i just want you to know that i think about that a lot and and that made me compile one of my life rules which is that it's uh it's always better to regret the things you did than to regret the things you didn't do. And, um, if things are not a hundred percent right, the people should never be afraid to make a left turn and don't look back, you know, <laughs> just yeah. do something else. And we, we sacrifice so much in this business and friends, family, in my case, country, everything that if something's not right, then, and you know, it's not exactly what you want or it's not, it's nothing bad, nothing detrimental, nothing derogatory to anybody. If it's just not, you know, making you feel that this is the right thing to be doing and that you might be doing better off doing something else and do it, make a left turn, do it. So sorry to get a little philosophical on you no, there, but no. that's kind of how I see, <laughs> see these things. Well, it's great that, um, you know, that time period at least was captured, you know, on the album. And of course, uh, the video that came out, I watched that a lot too. What is your relationship like with, uh, with Ozzy these days? I mean, I know there was some weirdness there. Has time kind of helped fix you know, the weird issues that you guys yeah, had? I, you know what? Let me clear this up once and for all. There wasn't, that, there wasn't that much weirdness that was going on. I think what happened was I was in a position where I, as I was describing, I was not able to cut the deal that I wanted. You know, I wanted to do certain things. I wanted to cut a certain type of deal. And, 
and you know, kudos to Sharon. Listen, she basically presented this to us in a very simple way. We were there, and we had uh, we were being hired to do our best work, the best work that we could possibly do to make Ozzy sound and look as good as he possibly could. And um, and 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 we also knew that if we were not okay with that situation, that there's probably a, you know three dozen people waiting in the wings that would gladly you know, come along and do what we were doing. So it got to a point where I think that I, I, I felt that I wanted to, I was being expected to write more songs and I wanted to kind of boost up my publishing and what have you. And for whatever reason, I was not able to cut a deal that, 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 that was acceptable with Sharon. And, and, and I couldn't really get the same deal that I wanted. And so in a, a moment I just said, you know, well then it's time for me to move on and, and, it's a difficult decision. You leave the biggest band in the country. Uh, but I said, oh, you know what? I've done, I've done it all once. I did one brown, one tour, one this, one that. And let me move on and see what happens. And, uh, and I left. And, and I think she might have been a little upset about that, about the fact that I left. She, uh, but for whatever reason, we had some accounting issues. So all of a sudden, I was having a hard time getting paid. And my accountants went you know, back and forth a few times. And all of this got resolved eventually. It was just a, it was just a payment thing. It was like, you know, late payments and stuff. And I, I don't know what the, the motivation was or whatever it was, or if, it, if there was even a motivation. Maybe it was just out of sight, out of mind. But, you know, once I wasn't in the band, I, you know, wasn't people weren't jumping to take my call um, about things like that. So it got resolved. It was, and it got resolved in probably 1992 or 1993. Uh, and ever since then, everything's just been fine. So, um, you know, there's been some really weird stories that I've read. You know, I was suing them and there was a, I was asked to join the lawsuit that Bob Daisley had, but I never joined that lawsuit. I didn't have anything to sue anybody about, you know? I think Bob and Lee had some issues that were going on. and sure. uh, But when they called me, I just said the same thing I just said to you. I said, well, what do you, you know, why, do I, why would I want to do this, you know? So that was that was it, but uh, you know, all of a sudden you hear these stories that uh, we were in courts and we were, we never went to court and I never sued anybody. So okay, yeah, that's um, like you said, you hear a lot of different stories, but uh, it's good to finally get that straightened out. And obviously, things yeah. worked out for you, and you went on, as you mentioned, to play with you know so many different types of people. And uh, Billy Idol, for one, I wanted to ask you your uh, your appearance in uh, the Adventures of Ford Fairline. I remember seeing a lot of people in that movie and then you popped up in there as well. That was, uh, that's a favorite yeah. of uh, a lot of folks around here. You know, that was, uh, um, I was very close with Vince for years and, and, you know, I, even, even during the Aussie times, we, you know, every time I run into Aussie, he's, he's, he's totally sweet. He's great. He's a, he's a legend and he's very funny. And, uh, I would run into him with Randy all the time afterwards. And there was never anything weird. You know, he was, he was always the same old, same old guy, you know, <laughs> but, but I'd been friendly with, uh, with other people and with Vince during that time, we would always organize jams around town, around Los Angeles when I moved there. So, um, he called me up one day and said, Hey, I got to put a band together for this. Uh, I've been asked to do this Ford Fairlane thing. You want to do it with me? And I said, sure. So we said, who should we get? And of course I said, well, let's get Randy, but I don't know if you want a guitar. And he said, well, he was close friends with Carlos. And he said, let's get Carlos. It's great. So we, that's how we did that. And we did that. To, and, and ironically, you know, Rock the Cradle of Love was the, the song from that movie, right? Yep, yep. How funny was that? I mean, that had nothing to do with, <laughs> with us. It just was uh, out there in the uh, coincidence world. 
But um, again, you know, one of the reasons that I left Aussie um, was that I had been talking with Billy. I, all at that time, he told me he was fed up with his current band and he wanted to start something new. And initially, he'd sort of said it would be something like a a complete band, a bit like a you know Generation X or something. And I I was very interested in doing that. Uh, I had some personal desires to want to to play with Billy um, that stemmed back to where I came from, where I was born. <clears throat> I was born in a place in London called Maida Vale, which is in Paddington. And in the 1974, 1975, I and mean, that's where punk music started, was in that little area. And it was, I was, you know, 14 years old or 13 years old or whatever I was. And that was a very influencing part of my, of my music. I was a rock fan, but I couldn't ignore what was going on with punk music. And I felt like a closet punk guy. And immediately I started, when I started playing, guys were trying to get me into punk bands. And there was a, there was a, there was a guy who played drums with Generation X called John Tao. And John loved the way I played. And he said, I got to get in some of these bands. He went on to play with, with, uh, Adam Ant and, uh, UK subs and what have you. And every time I'd walk in there, I felt like I was about four years too young. Everyone was a bit, about four years older than me. <laughs> and then I felt, I felt that I probably had missed that boat. By 1976, punk was finished in England. That was it. It ran its course. Didn't really start in America until after that. But in England, it was done. And um, so now you would understand why the, you know, the opportunity to play with Billy resonated with me and I said yes I absolutely this is a bucket list thing I want to do this I've been wanting to do this for years and that contributed as well to my decision to leave Ozzy I said you know let's do something different so totally different and uh, something I really want to do and no detriment to Ozzy or Sharon or anyone else and it was uh it was just one of those decisions awesome well it's um definitely uh just a just a chunk of all the stuff you've done over your career Phil and I know you mentioned um obviously the new last in line album and the book you're working on. Is there anything else maybe coming up we should watch out for? Uh, I think I'm going to continue releasing some singles. I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm working on another two right now. Um, and like I said, I'm, um, I just want to make sure that I put little videos with them as well. So that there's some cool stuff that people can kind of get a visual with the song as well. Um, I might have some guest appearances here and there. The, Please don't make me wait. Wait song had Richie Carson playing guitar. Richie and I are very close friends, and uh, actually, it was him who gave me the idea to release everything as a song by song basis. You know, he said he was doing the same thing with some of his stuff. So that's really it. That's really it. That's what I'm up to. I can't wait to get out and play again. We've got a. We had um, a show in Vegas that I used to work on, and the show ended a while ago. So I'm working with some of the participants on that show to create a new Las Vegas show called Long Live Rock. And uh, it's going to be a revolving door. Uh, and it's going to be a review of great classic songs from the last decade or two. Uh, and each time we get another celebrity in, we'll probably add a couple of their songs. So it'll be a constantly changing set list. But it'll be a great Vegas uh, show. And we want to do that in our sort of downtime, you know, maybe who knows, three times a week or something. I think it'd be great for people who come to Vegas and they want to see something really special. And we have a lot of big names that uh, want to be participants in that. So it's it's going to be uh, a lot of big current names of, of uh, well-known bands. So that's another project, you know, 
all of this depends on us being allowed to get into a room and, and make noise. Excellent. Phil, again, thank you so much for your time. I'm a huge fan of yours, and it's been an honor speaking with you. Thank you so much. Well, I wish you all the best, Dustin. I, I hope everything's okay and works out. But uh, as I said, please stay in touch with me and let me know anything else I can do for you. All right. Thank you so much, Phil. I appreciate it. You take care. And again, that was musician Phil Susan on the 35th anniversary of the release of Ozzy Osbourne's The Ultimate Sin album. And Phil will be with uh, the band Last in Line. They've got a new album coming up this year as well.
Hi, this is Tommy Aldridge of White Snake, and you're listening to the Five Counts.
Hey everybody, this is Rudy Sarzo, and you're listening to The Five Count.
Ton, just relax. We're back. Oh, man. That was side B of the ultimate sin. Oh, yes. One step away from you. Awesome. All right. Love it. Just a ton in the basement. We're in the basement. Do you remember when we saw Ozzy live the last time and all of a sudden he started playing Shot in the Dark, which he hasn't played in like 27 years, and I blew my mind away? It was like true. Ton died that night. I completely flipped out. He was dead. Clinically dead. Wow. But then I came back to life. He got better. Just to listen to the rest of the song. Ton, that was Phil Susan. That was awesome is what it was. He's got... uh, New album coming out soon, The Last in Line. What a guy. Also an autobiography in the works. And he is the uh, man behind the bass on the Ultimate Sin album, which we have played in its entirety tonight because it celebrates its 35th anniversary. Oh, man. There's some big albums celebrating some big milestones this year, and we're going to commemorate several of them, so stay tuned. I will. Looking at your... I will stay tuned. Come on, Ton, just stay tuned, would you? Don't quit me now. I will not. Been in it this long. What else do you have going on? Where else do you have to go? Absolutely nowhere. You were thinking of throwing in the towel like uh, five months in and then two years and then five years and then... Yep. Now it's like, let's just see how long we can overstay. Yeah. What the heck? We could maybe uh, be on the air for 48 years like half the other shows on KMSU. You got it, pal. Could you imagine? What if you were up here commemorating the 60th anniversary of the ultimate sin album that'd be ridiculous think about that and you are in your 60s how old would i be holy you'd you'd be pretty old wow nobody would even know what the album is by that time that's why it's up to you we would be those ultra hipster old guys it's up to you ton to keep the memory alive wow killer of giants let's do it the lightning will strike again. Yeah, it will. In another 25 years when Tun's still up here. It's going to be great. I can just envision it now. Tun, while you're envisioning things, maybe you could start uh, thinking about, you know, back in the day, I don't know, like let's say maybe 10 years or so ago, if that's yeah. a thing that maybe you could envision while you're sitting there doing nothing. I can definitely try to. Well, this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five-count history. Awesome. Yeah, this was a great show, Ton. May 14th, 2011. Which, oddly enough, was the 25th anniversary of when The Ultimate Sin went platinum. Wow. Yeah, time flies. Amazing. It was a two-hour show, Ton, back when we were only a one-hour show. But we had an extra hour guessing probably the dirty birds didn't show up because that yeah. seemed to happen from time to time yep that started happening more frequently we had about um seven or eight other shows that we would either be a lead in for or came after us now they're all dead they're all gone except us ton let me tell you something this two hour edition of the five count ten years ago we went commando wow you remember that? What does that even mean? This was one of my favorite shows. Uh, we discussed the differences between commandos from the jungle and commandos from the suburbs. Nice, dude. We also spoke with the true punks about going commando on faulty KMSU equipment. And then you uh, hyped your upcoming appearance at the Mr. Olympia contest. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember that. In case you didn't know, Ton, we went commando because we played 
the soundtracks to both Arnold Schwarzenegger's Commando and Hulk Hogan's Suburban Commando. Yeah, man. We went Commando. That is awesome. Ten years ago. That is great. Almost like Paradise. Yeah, those are both great albums. That was ten years ago in five-count history. Man, oh man. I don't think there was a garbage can over there, but what are you going to do? It doesn't matter. That sounds like an excellent show. Well, you know what, Tom? It was an excellent show, and it still could be, because we're back. Oh, yeah. Remember when we were only an hour show? I do. Didn't that seem like a long time ago, and didn't that seem like a long time to fill? It did, back then. Like, we got to do an hour. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about, but I remember feeling that way. And now we got two hours. Uh Uh-huh. And sometimes Ton's like, hey, I'm just getting warmed up. Seriously. It does seem like that sometimes now. I can't really remember the last time that I truly felt like, what are we going to do for these two hours? You know, like, it happens once in a while, but I think it more happens... Because, I don't know, one of us feels under the weather or something or, you know, we're just like not there mentally. But it's never like a, like what I remember that feeling like back then where we're like, oh, geez, like you're worried about filling up an hour with content. Now we've got too much content. Yeah, man. We even got bonus content on our Patreon page. Bonus. Can you imagine like not having enough of just the free two hours a week here you could even get more and early access to it i can imagine it and it's amazing go to the five count.com there is links to our patreon page as well as the youtube channel the five count where you can watch episodes of the five count co-op can we talk about the team up we recently did with brian reby drives electric sure you on youtube yeah there is a video where ton drives a tesla that's tesla. an electric car Tesla Model Y. He said some unfavorable things about the car, and then many people on YouTube proceeded to say unfavorable things about him. That is happening currently. Uh, Word on the street is he's a jerk. That definitely was said (laughs) on YouTube. Go on there and check it out. And I went on there and gave it a hearty ha. I honestly uh, was not... I was only being honest about my thoughts about that Tesla. I really was. That's it. Ton's just an honest guy. Yeah. You can't handle it sometimes. Sometimes people can't. You love Ton. You love him. Until he says something brutally honest about you. And then you change your tune. Like, oh, that's so refreshing. Ton just speaks his mind and says what he thinks. And that's just, oh, hey, wait a second. You're a jerk. (laughs) Yeah, but I didn't even say anything about anyone in particular. I was talking about the car specifically. And uh, everyone who drives the car. To anyone. I mean, I guess if you're absolutely in love with the car, you might get a little on the defense, but. It's fine, Ton. I'll still hang out with you. Yeah, it's okay. Also, somebody said something about uh, that I might change my tune if I I paid for like a $100,000 plus Mercedes, the EQS. Um. First of all, I'm not ever paying that kind of money for a car. Uh, secondly, even though like some people might think that because I drive a Mercedes now, but that's not the case. A Mercedes. But secondly, dude, have you watched any videos on the EQS? That thing is amazing compared to a Tesla. I have no clue what any of these acronyms are. Like it's just the it's just the um, what Mercedes is going to be releasing 
as their full all-electric vehicle. Which, in my opinion, if I had, like, if if funds were not a problem, I 100% would get the Mercedes over the Tesla. 100%. No question. Well, check it all out. It's on YouTube. We'll uh, put a link to it on our Facebook and our Twitter. And that's not to say that I hate the Tesla 100%. Just go check the video. I got car sick. Couldn't handle all that Dude, stuff. I almost got car sick. I didn't know how to be driving properly with that regen. It's like zero to 80 in no seconds. Yeah, then when you Can't let off the that. gas or the accelerator, I should be specific, then it's just like you slammed the brakes. It's like uh, space camp. It's crazy. Can't handle it. My tummy was not having it. I would need like a couple days with that thing to get used to it. Well, ton. I'm glad that we've had a couple, you know, 17 years or so to to get used to each other. Me too. And uh, I got something special for you. I can't wait. We have time for another quick song or two. Uh, there's a new Sleater Kinney album coming oh, nice. out soon, and we have the single right now. Awesome. It does not fit in with the Ultimate Sin portion of the program, but that's past, so just move on with your lives. Yeah.
It's Bob Saget here, and you are listening to The Five Count. And keep listening until it's the ten count. All? No! All! Awesome. Thank you so much. That was a song. I don't know what it was because I didn't hear it, but I'm sure it was good. <laughs> I guarantee it was amazing. We did start with the new Slater Kinney song, Worry With You. That's awesome. I think there's a new album coming out in June. I like Slater Kinney. Well, you know, uh, some people said they didn't care for their last album. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. But what do I know? I've been known to not be very smart or very well-versed in much of anything. But that's what I was getting at earlier. You don't have to be anything. You can like it, and that's okay. It's okay, Dust. Thank you, Ton. I appreciate you always talking me off the ledge. It doesn't matter if anyone else thinks it sucks. If you like it, you can like it. That's the motto of this program, or at least it ought to be. It really is. It should be the motto of everyone's life. Ton, I hate to do this to you, but um, the show's like pretty much over with. That's all right. 
That's the way it goes sometimes. We had a long show. We had a lot of long-winded conversations. Billy Floyd shouts called in, and we mended our differences, I feel. Yeah. I feel we're on much better terms now. That was my favorite part. And uh, exclusive interview with Phil Susan. Yes, which both things were completely worth it. 35th anniversary of the ultimate sin. It was the ultimate sin. Yeah, dude. Yes. Ton, uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming up here. The Five Count Co-op is on YouTube where we play old Nintendo games and yell at each other. Yeah, man. That's sweeping the nation. It really is. We've got uh, Patreon. There's a video coming up, or I guess it was posted yesterday, of uh, a chat that Ton had with Stradivarius guitarist Timo Tolki. Awesome. The video. I put the video up. On Patreon. So you can see the inner workings. Yeah. How it all comes that together. That was fun. I enjoyed that. What else is going on, Ton? You could go to Lori Dawn Ceramics and buy yeah. the five-count medallion for yes, your dad. Because you Father's Day is coming up. That's awesome. And I think we're pretty much finished right now. Yeah, man. It's been it's, a good show. It's been a great show. I look forward to doing it again next Saturday. I will be here, and I will love it. Or Thursday morning, if you join us on Patreon. You could get this uh, before everybody else. Wouldn't you just feel real good about yourself? You could hold that over people, brag to them, and say, Hey, looking forward to the show this weekend? I already heard it, jackass. <laughs> you could say that, yes. Yes, you could. I encourage you to do so. Something to think about. Think about it. In the meantime, I guess uh, we'll be back next week with something extra special. You're not oh, going to want to yeah. miss it. It's going to be awesome. Join us here next week to 5 anytime, anywhere. Speaking of awesome, here's the true punks. See ya.